And and so going back to what we said a couple of minutes ago of, you know, we wait as those who have hope to hear that phrase when we feel that God has completely ignored us and disregarded what is going on in our lives. That word hope can just feel like lemon juice in the paper cut. Where is God? Where is he right now? Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. Wait a minute. Wait for me. Wait until your dad gets home. Well, you're just going to have to wait. Do any of these sound familiar? We, as parents, want to teach our kids patience. After all, it's the fruit of the Spirit, right? If these examples are our only view of waiting, we're really missing a much deeper message. The waiting well is very deep. It may not be exactly what you pictured. In this next podcast series, we're going to discuss waiting. As parents, it's our hope that we can teach our kids how to wait well, but I think in the process, we will learn how to wait well also. I think you're going to see that waiting well may be actually a growth opportunity to move closer to God and to move closer to loved ones. So we're going to move on into an incredible conversation that I had with Karis Anderson about waiting. She has an extremely sensitive spirit and a wonderful perspective on waiting. Here we go. I'm here this morning with a very, very good friend and one who I respect very, very much. She is in the throes of motherhood with four kids. And actually her husband, Eric, was on with us at Christmas time. So that'll give you uh, listeners a little perspective. But this is Karis, and she has agreed to come and talk about waiting. So welcome, Karis. We are so glad that you're here. Thank you, Lori. I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be fun, except the topic is sometimes a topic that's frustrating. And we are going to talk about waiting. And I was thinking this morning, actually, I don't think there's a moment in anyone's day that you're not waiting for something. We are all waiting for something yeah. all the time. <laughs> sometimes they're big waits and sometimes they're little waits, but we're all all waiting. I mean, if not just uh, the next meal or whatever, what are some of the things we wait for, Karis? Can you think of big, small, what, are, what, what do we wait for? Yeah, I agree with you, Lori. It's interesting to consider the topic of waiting because unless we're in a, a really difficult season of waiting, we oftentimes don't think about it. <laughs> right. Um, but I consider you know, waiting at stoplights, waiting to get a good parking spot, um, little kids waiting to have their needs met, waiting for the pot of water to boil so that I can make dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously, there's big picture waiting stuff, which I'm excited for us to be talking about today. But also, it's, I think it is really valuable to consider the, the small moments of waiting. Mm -hmm. Right. 
those are very much a part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So we all respond to waiting a little bit differently while some wait well and some don't wait well, but the Lord has a lot to say to us about waiting and waiting is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Isn't a bad thing. And I think we'll see this morning as we talk more about it, that waiting is not necessarily bad. Sometimes we feel like it's very frustrating and bad. So the biggest recent thing I've waited for was for a doctor appointment. It's like I was needing to see a doctor and I couldn't get in to to see a doctor. And it was like months before I had that specialty appointment. And I thought, this is crazy. I shouldn't have to wait for this. (laughs) And then I remember waiting for good things like my baby being born. What about you? Can you think of things that you have waited for? We listed a lot of little things, but what are, you remember a big thing that you waited for? I think one of the bigger seasons of waiting was um, a number of years ago when Eric and I really felt the Lord calling us to be in a position where we could move into a home that was able to fit our family because we had a lot of kids and we were living in a very small apartment and asking the Lord what that was going to look like. We realized that we weren't going to be able to stay in the town where we were living because it was too expensive and mm-hmm. and it was a long season of of waiting and praying and yeah um, being very crowded and and just waiting on the lord's timing um yeah 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 but i i was thinking through other big picture things if that's if i may yeah um that people have waited for and i'm just thinking about even friends in my own life with whom i have i've sat with as they have waited I had a, a long season and a friend of mine went through a very long season of infertility and, oh. you know, waiting with her in that season. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I have a number of friends currently who are not married and would love to be married and they're waiting mm-hmm. or praying and waiting for someone to come to know Jesus who doesn't know the Lord. And, and oh my goodness, what a long journey of waiting that can be. Mm. Yeah, I think about those who are waiting through chronic pain and uh, mm-hmm. both a, a daily, it's painful, <laughs> but yeah. it's also, it's, there's a season, it's, it's a waiting, you know, will this, will this end? Will there be, is this forever? Mm-hmm. Or waiting for the, the phone call that will tell you if the tumor was benign right? or what's going on there. I had a, a breast cancer scare a couple of years ago and I'll never forget calling my parents and saying, Hey, we just need you to know that this is going on. And, and then we waited until we got the biopsy results and it was fine. It was okay. Our waiting ended and thank you, Jesus. And we moved on. Um, but that was, there were, it was a number of days that were kind of really intimidating. Mm-hmm. We were waiting and yeah, it's interesting just to frame, I guess, different parts of our life and, and name it as waiting, um, especially people I think who are, planners. I was chatting with a friend recently who was waiting to get her military orders, you know, where they're going to move next. And it was Mm. so hard to not know. And she was in a a season of waiting and and naming it as that is really valuable sometimes. Mm -hmm. Then there's also different times, I think, when we wait through seasons that would be harder to name as waiting. Mm. Difficulty with children or difficulty in, in marriage or relationships. We certainly all knew what it was to wait through COVID, um, <laughs> <through the> pandemic, <laughs> waiting through depression or anxiety, 
when we're in these seasons where it feels like we're just walking through the mud and meaning it as waiting can be valuable because it puts that waiting in a little bit different spot in our minds. Not that it isn't hard, but that we're maybe framing it in a way that invites God to use the waiting in our lives, you know, kind of a waiting well. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, that's so good. I like what you said about the things that we don't even recognize as waiting. There are many things like that, and we see it as trial and hardship, but that's without hope. So we can wait with hope, and waiting with hope will kind of give a different perspective. I agree. And that's that's something that that's a phrase that we hear often, you know, we wait as those who have hope. Uh I I think it's important to define what that means, because sometimes I hear that phrase as like, we wait as those who have hope that this situation will end, Mm. that it will all be better, that I'm not going to have to deal with X, Y, or Z in my life anymore. And I think that that mentality worries me a little bit, because what do you say then to the person who deals with depression their entire life, who's mm-hmm. it's never lifted? Or what do you say to the person whose marriage doesn't get easier or whose marriage gets worse or who um, whose marriage ends in divorce? Yeah. What do you say to the person whose diagnosis doesn't come back the way that they want it to? Mm-hmm. Uh, And so it's important that we define the word hope, not as we hope that this is going to be fine, Mm -hmm. but rather we hope as those who who have placed our life in its proper perspective in the the arc of eternity. Mm -hmm. We as those who know because of the work of Jesus, this life is not all that there is. And for a lot of people, if this life was all that there was, they would want their money back um, <laughs> because it's it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm so glad that you brought that up, that we really have to define hope. And sometimes we define hope in the context of what I want. Yeah. You know, my hope is what I think is best. But there is someone, of course, with a capital S, uh, God, (laughs) whose hope is really the best. And that's where we put our hope, not on, I hope I I get what I want. And it's an interesting thing is I have sat with a lot of friends who have been in dark places of waiting, pointing them towards that capital H hope, to use your capital letters, and not wanting to give friends or my own self false hope. Uh, and that's an interesting thing to navigate mm-hmm. with wisdom. We want to, we want to give people a firm foundation on which to stand and, and a, and a capital H hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good. We covered this just a little tiny bit just now, but what are some of the misconceptions that we have about waiting or the pitfalls that we might fall into or what is different for the Christian versus the secular view of hope? Is, could we go a little deeper, do you think? I think so. Well, I think it's important to name the fact that we are we live in an instant gratification world. Do we ever? <laughs> we want things now. We don't want to work for them. And maybe we ourselves might have a different perspective, but I would say our mm. culture tells us to get things now, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. to wait for them. Waiting is not sexy. Uh, <laughs> and 
you know, you can even see this in advertising. I was laughing at the Super Bowl commercials on Sunday saying, it's not a bad thing to want your internet to work really fast. That's that's an okay thing to want. But the message, the underlying, if you peel back that, the, the underlying message is that waiting is bad. Mm-hmm. And see that even in our credit card culture or our, our culture of debt. Mm-hmm. It's okay to get the really nice, whatever, fill in the blank uh, and pay it off for forever, even if you really can't afford it, or if it does, it's not a reflection of your income. Um, you know, you deserve the whatever you deserve the thing. Now I want to use the example of a nice car. You deserve that really fancy car right now, not in 10 years after you have diligently saved for it. Mm -hmm. And so we hear these messages all the time of we, we don't need to wait. We get these things now, you know, Instacart. <laughs> I've been laughing thinking about how inconvenient grocery shopping feels sometimes. I have to, you know, go get the food, get the food. Ah. Whereas all of history, the food is the only thing that people worked to get. You know, it was their whole lives was to to grow the food and pick the food and and provide for their families. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm thinking, oh, I have to cram my grocery trip into the 45 minutes that I have before I have to pick up my kids. And it feels like this grave inconvenience. Yeah. Um, and so that, that kind of, that's a silly example, but it does make me chuckle. Is it just a indication of how impatient I am, mm-hmm. how impatient we are? Yeah. Our culture has taught us to be impatient. And I think commercials yes. are big and the taglines like, just do it. <laughs> You know, all the go for it messages. Yes, I agree. I feel like it is countercultural to be patient, to wait well, and to wait with an attitude of submission towards what God might be wanting to do in our lives. That is very countercultural. Mm-hmm. And when we name it as such, it's important because it, it does, again, help frame our perspective on waiting. Oh, okay. What is God wanting to do in this process in my own heart? Mm-hmm. Our, our heart posture towards waiting is that of submission to God. We do want to be countercultural and make ourselves available to what he might want to do. Not at the end of the waiting. That is that is a valuable goal, but rather through the waiting and in the waiting. We want to wait well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you said is really good. And I think sometimes we focus more on waiting than we focus on um, what the best outcome is going to be. You know, we we get discouraged by waiting and that overwhelms us. You know, our discouragement overwhelms us because we don't want to wait. And that's all we think about, that we don't want to wait. And there is so much more to learn in the process of whatever is going on in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting too, when we wait, when we're in seasons of waiting, it is such a common response to feel that God has abandoned us. And that in and of itself is, you know, our culture says, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. As believers, we're saying, God, where are you? Mm -hmm. And I read many different accounts of waiting and, and the sense of God turning his back and locking the door against Mm -hmm. those who are waiting. And we know because of what scripture says that that isn't true. And and we'll talk about that, but, but that's how it feels. 
And and so going back to what we said a couple of minutes ago of, you know, we wait as those who have hope to hear that phrase when we feel that God has completely ignored us and disregarded what is going on in our lives. That word hope can just feel like lemon juice in the paper cut. Wow. Where is God? Where is he right now? And so yes. talking about pitfalls of waiting, Lori, I think one of the biggest pitfalls of waiting as believers is mm-hmm. with those questions, where is God? God doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. And that is a lie of the devil. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we name that and that we have tools in our tool belt to coach ourselves and to be a, through through that. Yeah. And also to allow the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives through the waiting. Yeah. Um, talk about pitfalls and waiting. My goodness. Yeah. To have that feeling of being abandoned by God is it's that's something that I have heard from many people and, and have experienced myself. You know, those middle of the night prayers. God, where are you? Yeah. Why haven't you shown yeah. up? I am I am knocking on the door. I am begging you to deal with this. And you are nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. And those who have been there know what that feels like. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of an instance right now and bringing tears to my eyes, yeah. but we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> Another day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another day. Oh my goodness, she is so good. So that concludes our first of four podcasts on waiting. So next week, we are going to look deeper into hope and waiting and we're going to look at some biblical examples of good waiting and poor waiting and maybe be able to apply it to our lives. So be sure to come back and remember to rest in the Lord this week. 